0: Happy New Year to you all, and it's exciting that we're into 2022. I am one of those weird people that love New Year. I love that week between um, Christmas and the New Year. It's my favourite time of the year, always has been. And so there's just something about New Year. There's something about a fresh start. There's something like I feel um, I had a wedding yesterday, and and I was driving back from Newry yesterday. It was up in um, Kalevi Castle and I was driving back from Newry yesterday, and I was just thinking, God, it feels like, it feels like the old slate's clean now, and there's a new slate. It just feels like there's something fresh and new, and I'm excited, and I don't say that just as a cliche, I'm excited for 2022. I believe that we're stepping into something fresh, and I'm choosing to believe that this old pandemic is losing its power um, and losing its grip, and the King of Kings is still on the throne and um so it's great to be together this morning i hope you had a nice break um and i'm um, praying for a blessed 2022 for you tonight's going to be a great night Six thirty tonight we're going to keep it to one hour um, for if you wanted to bring kids along um just to have communion together just to worship and have communion together um tonight It'd be great before i get into the talk today one piece of exciting news for you is that back a number of months ago you'll remember that we did a special collection for our Portadown down family for a building and the the reason for that was that the the, we've located the toy master building in in the town just at the bottom end of the town and we were trying to secure like a 20-year lease on that so we'd be leasing it for 20 years and then we had a big investment of money to get the building sorted out now we lifted the, all the money for to get that sorted out. Some of the little fears around was, you know, are, we're spending so much money in a building that we actually don't own um, because um, we're leasing it. Well, the good news is, in the past week or ten days, someone kindly bought the building for us. So, um, yeah. So. So yeah, thank God. We just don't really know what else to say, but just. Um, The building is now completely in our hands, and so God is so good. As we look ahead to 2022, there's a lot of excitement. It's such an amazing way to start the year, and um, it ties in with some of the thoughts that we had last September. And let me try and pull some of those threads together and land January for you, what we're trying to do and what we want to focus on. Back in 2021, we had a, a, a sort of a ninkling back in September 2021, that our short-term vision was to hear the Lord for a long-term vision, was to maybe try and look at what God was trying to say to us for even the next five years. What was God really trying to say? And after a unique couple of years, um, which we could never have planned for, um, we still believe that the church should take a lead role in rebuilding our communities. And and that's that's stays permanent with us. All right. We believe that um, we need to give ourselves to something that's intentional, something that's really important. And so over the last number of months from September, we've been meeting as board, as elders, um together with our staff as well. We were been um we've had two or three days where we've just had um, kind of blue sky thinking and um The day that we did here, the worship day that we did here um, that afternoon was for that as well. Some of you wrote loads of stuff out on paper, and we were able to try and create all of that and bring together what we sense God is really calling us into. But while a number of exciting things have risen out of that, we still believe that the Lord is doing something that's resting on us and making us um, pay attention to so rather than jump up in January and present another big vision, we just feel that there's something now is not the time. It's time to hold on and rest in the Lord and allow the Lord to grow something in us as a church family. That's our heart. And um, uh, as we reflect on the last two years, while it's been incredibly different, difficult for many, many people, the church is advancing. The church is moving forward, and the church across the world is moving forward. And I think there's Uh, what God is trying to teach us. He's trying to teach us something about spiritual formation and spiritual depth and humility. And and maybe the most important thing is a non-anxious lifestyle. I think maybe one of the greatest things we could display to the world at this moment in time is having a non-anxious culture in us. The Bible teaches us not to be anxious for anything. But by prayer and supplication, make all our requests known unto the Lord. And so, um, when when you look at the life of Jesus, and one of the things that we've learned about discipleship is how discipleship is how to follow Jesus in all of life. And when you look at the life of Jesus, you begin to see that he was committed to the cause, but he was never stressed. Um, He was moved by need, but he always did the will of the Father. He was active, but he never seemed overworked. He was concerned and shed tears for the people, but he was never anxious. There was no anxiety in him. Um, He carried radical peace and joy while he still identified with the broken and the lost. And as I've thought about that over this last week and taken a bit of time, and I've worked really hard this week this past week, not to work hard. <laughs> and um, if ever you can work that out. And I just to take time out, to take time to, to spend with the Father and think... If if Jesus did this and he displays this lifestyle and says, we can do this, how do we do it? How do we become like Jesus? Because that's the whole thing, isn't it? We become more like him. And as we come into January 2022, we want this first month to be a year where we can slowly reflect, not just do it on one Sunday, but how we can slowly reflect how to become like Jesus. How do we introduce healthy rhythms and practices into our lives for a year? Um, that's really important. And obviously, we want to get on with our overarching vision, which is to help rewrite the story of the city and of Ireland and of the nations. But in terms of sharing our fresh plans, we sense the Spirit is calling us to outwork um, these in us first and foremost. <laughs> All right, Rather than be a big corporate thing, I think we need to work these out in our own lives. And so over the next month, What we're going to do, Dave and I are going to tag team a little in this, and we'd love to encourage you to come on a journey with us that we want you to engage in, all right? And so the next four Sundays are going to be a little bit different. They're not just going to be a come and see or come and listen. We're going to to ask you to work a little, and I'll explain that to you in a moment. So rather than teach over the next four Sundays, we're probably just going to try and facilitate a little bit um, and provoke ways for you to reflect and res- reset some boundaries uh, in your own life. Now, don't please don't hear this as another cheesy New Year's resolution talk. Keep an open mind. I talked about this to you in Boxing Day service, that, you know, the 10 sort of things that most people make... New Year's resolutions. And it is a good time. It is a good time to reset. It is a good time to restart. But I just don't want it to be New Year's resolutions, setting goals that actually we never really achieve. We want to, by the the spurts leading, think of ways that we can develop into what we're going to call healthy life rhythms. Now, we've got life groups. And so we sort of thought why don't we look at life rhythms? How can we develop these life rhythms? So um, what we're going to be talking to you about is the idea of a rule of life, um, and uh, but we're going to call it life rhythms, all right, for a reason that I'll tell you in a moment. And so this is going to be the mini-series for January, so let me take you through the next four Sundays a little bit. You know that as a church, we've got three core values. They've been with us for 20, almost or 25 years Now, and um, they are loving God, loving people, and loving the world. It's important that you have values, because values set culture, all right? And if you don't have a value, then the culture will set it for you. So values set culture, but culture also sets values. And so it's important that you get it the right way around. Values Values are really important, all right? And they shape our behavior, you see. Our values shape our behavior, they teach us how to behave if we have these certain values in our life, all right? Um, And we have six practices which are along the wall, Um, and these are prayer, creativity, generosity, and hospitality, compassion, and justice. Those two are sort of rolled into one, Um, mission, and discipleship. And we want our church members, I think, in some shape or form, to adopt these values into their lives, not because of a manual, but because these are the six things that we see in the life of Jesus. These are the six values, the six practices that we see Jesus actually was really, really good at. So that's why it's important for us to grasp these and hold on to it. um, But often these words just remain simply words, really. They sound great, but they don't get incarnated or embodied into us in some shape or form. And um, one of the ways that to get practical about this is to take some time out to review your life. That's what I was trying to do this week, to take stock of your life and plan and become clear on what you really want to prioritize, all right? Um, and one of the ways that we think this is helpful is the rule of life, and I'm using the word again to explain it to you. We're gonna call it life rhythms, as I said, but a rule of life isn't a bad thing. Here's the definition of a rule of life. A rule of life is... Uh, is an intentional, spirit-led plan, a set of practices and habits that help us love and follow Jesus in all of life and be formed into the likeness of disciples. So how, when we say that, how is our life reflecting the life of Jesus in our finances? How is uh, our life reflecting the life of Jesus in our marriages um, and our relationship with our kids and our grandkids? All of those things are really important. With our work colleagues, um, because you see a rule of life is very important that it, uh, it is something that has been used down through the ages by saints to bring godly order to their lives and to help create a lifestyle that's conducive to becoming people that become deep informed in the love of Jesus. So, so that's what we're trying to do. We um, And we usually begin each year with this idea. When the year Jill died in 2006 and I um, trying to get my head around everything a couple of months two or three months after she died I decided to do my motorbike test and I went to England to do my motorbike test and um, and uh, the the guy the instructor was three days or the instructor called me the vicar and so what you did was you put this little earpiece on and um, inside your helmet and he would talk to you and um, he was a bit of a character, and he would let an odd switcher now and again. And then when he did, he used to say, oh, sorry, Vicar. And um, there were three or four of us, of course. I was the only person, of course. And, uh, and, but he had this little line that caught me. Um, you'd be driving along the road, and he would just say, the next junction, take right. And as soon as you took right, he would say this little thing. He'd say, right, Vicar, new road, new rules. New road, new rules. And his idea was that you were maybe in a 30, and as you took right, you're maybe now out of the 30, there was you had to look for the new rules. And so I'm saying to you in 2022, new road, new rules. And maybe it's time to set some new rules in your life, some things that will align in your life. So hopefully it's nothing new. But to say that honestly, I don't know if it has really stuck. And I think there's a couple of reasons why our new year talks haven't really stuck. I think um, number one is because um, not everybody likes the word rule. We're sort of funny, aren't we, in Northern Ireland? We don't like being told what to do. You know, if we're told what to do, we tend to do the opposite. Don't do what you're told by any means. And um, and so we don't like the word rule, I think. And um, Uh, So that's why we've changed it. We're going to make it a little bit easier and we're calling it Life Rhythms. And I think the other reason is that we've never stuck at it long enough for it to really land. We do a one-off. What I do um, in New Year's, usually I teach one Sunday and then we move on to the next sermon um, series for the year ahead. And so this year we want to change that and spend a whole month teaching you, leaving space for you to reflect on this and for your own life. And for this, for some of you who are maybe my generation, this is maybe gonna be a little bit more difficult, all right, rather than the come and see and come and listen approach. um, But we're gonna leave space for that. So this morning, what I wanna do, I wanna tell you a little bit more what we mean when we talk about life rhythms, and then I'm gonna try and present you the plan for the next four Sundays to focus on and to gauge with us. But let's let's base that with a scripture. This is a very powerful scripture in First Peter and 2 Peter um, 1 verses 3 to 5. It says this. Now listen with me as I read this: Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God of Jesus our Lord. Listen to this line: His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. <laughs> you see all of that he has given not he is going to give not he's thinking seriously about this but at the cross jesus did something very powerful to the point where he has given you everything that you need when you step into faith in christ he has already given you everything you need to live a godly life all right through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness Through these things, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them, through his very great promises, all right, you may participate in the divine nature. You get that? Participate means to take part. (laughs) To take part in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desire. This is our spiritual destiny. This is unbelievable truth. We are born to be like Jesus, to share in his divine nature. And through what Jesus has done, he has given us the divine power to be that person. And the reason I say this to you all this morning is if if it's just simply about setting goals, then you're going to get disappointed because goals are temporary. Goals are something when you get there, you stop doing it anyway. For habits to stick them. they need to be connected to some sense of identity. For habits to stick in you, they need to work out who you are and who you could be. For example, if you think that you're just going to be a nice Christian who reads their Bible every day just to be a tick box exercise, well, that sounds kind of boring to me. But if you decided that you're, this year you were going to read your Bible because you believe Ephesians 2.10 is right, that you are God's handiwork. That you are God's special person and you are called to present His glory in your life through the things that you do, then I'll I'll read the Bible and a whole lot more. <laughs> so, it, 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 what I'm saying is, I think the idea is God's vision is is is, is it's essential that you put Him first and. It's essential that you begin to see the reason you're doing this isn't just a tick box. It's just not a religious exercise. It's about changing and becoming like Jesus. And we're also aware that there's a part of us that resists this, it's called our flesh. And then we've got the world and we've got the the devil. We've got those three big um, enemies coming against us. Our flesh, which just sometimes is lazy and can be a little bit even apathetic, or, or, or the enemy who whispers in her ear, or just the world that, that calls us to nice things. People that say the world doesn't present nice things are silly because if it wasn't nice, you wouldn't do them. And so uh, uh, we have to engage our will because we're saved by grace, and grace is not a one-off transaction. I talk to you about this all the time. Grace is a force in our lives. It's a force for change, or it's a force for change. It's a fuel to live on. I burn more fuel, more grace than most of you in this room. And I love how Richard Foster puts this. He says, grace is opposed to earning. We can't earn grace, but it's not opposed to effort. It's a work. We've got to take responsibility. We've got to exert our will. Um, we have to choose to want to become more like Jesus. Otherwise, we won't. I um, started to read again the screw tape letters over Christmas um, the last week. I wanted to, I've always loved Lewis's stuff. And I was reading the screw tape letters and I came on um, the bit where Wormwood, Wormwood is speaking to the junior demon. And this is what he says. He says, um, there is no need to despair, He said to the junior demon. Hundreds of these adult converts have been reclaimed after a brief sojourn in the enemy's camp and they're now back with us. All the habits of the patient, both mental and bodily, are still in our favor. The world still has a hold. And sometimes we lose the best of saints because the world and the flesh and the enemy pulls them back. And so many well-meaning Christians are caught up in wrong patterns. And so that is why we need to consciously think about how we're going to be reformed um, to be like Jesus and our systems are designed to get us the results we're getting. If you don't like what's happening in your life at the minute, what I'm telling you is your systems are designed to get the results you're getting. And if you wanna get, different, you have gotta take responsibility. If you wanna get different results, then you've gotta reform different systems. Andrea Wigglesworth talks about um, re, the, the patterns in your brain, the well-worn pathways in your brain. And so what happens is you come home stressed from work and you go, oh, I need a glass of wine. It's just, an old, it's just an old well-worn pattern in your mind. You don't need a glass of wine. A glass of water would do you every bit as well. But it's just because there's an old pattern in your mind that you think this is what I need to do. And the way you actually reform those pathways in your mind is you block the old ones and you reform new ones. And that's not easy to do, all right? I'm not saying that's easy to do, but this is where life rhythms are so important. And basically, we're talking about reordering our everyday lives and schedules around the person priorities and practices of Jesus and his kingdom with the help of the Holy Spirit. And we want Jesus' wise and loving rule in our lives rather than just life's chaos, To rule over us. And here's the idea. The idea is our English word for rule comes from the Latin word regula, which was used for a trellis in the garden, for those of you who are green fingers, a support structure for vines, health, and fruitfulness. That's where the word rule comes from. I love how Pete Shaziero, if that's the way you pronounce his name, it's not an easy name to pronounce. He says that um, a rule of life is a trellis that helps us abide in Christ and become more spiritually fruitful. Very powerful, isn't it? So we're not talking about a list of legalistic rules or self-imposed standards. This is a gentle guide. This is a trellis, a gentle guide, a support structure that trains us to actually live towards God's transforming love. That's all we're trying to do. And so over the next week, we're going to Help you to develop your own life rhythms. Hope you're excited about that. I am. I'm excited. And so, we're, this is not about us telling you what to do. That's why we took the word rule out. All right? Or about um, you setting yourself up for a fail or a fall or about getting legalistic. This is actually about trying to help you think about how you live into the life that Jesus has invited you to live into, if 2 Peter 1 is right. So, that's basically, and I love, I love how Peterson puts this in the message of um, Matthew 11. You've read it, I'm sure. Are you tired, worn out, burned out in religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Listen to what Jesus says, watch how I do it. That's what we've been talking about. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that little line on force rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live lightly or freely and lightly. The reality is most of us don't know this as a reality in our lives. We live stress-filled, anxious lives that we're like the pinball machine. Our lives are just ping, 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 ping. And God wants us to live an on with these unformed rhythms, unforced and unformed rhythms of grace. And so um, please see these life rhythms um, that we get into over the next few weeks as a means for you to live the reality of a non-forced rhythm of grace and, 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 and as a way of how to keep company with Jesus. That's what we're going to try and do. Chesterton, this, I love this quote. He says, He um, says, The more I considered Christianity, the more I found that while it had an established rule of order, the chief aim of that order was to give room for good things to run wild. (laughs) That's great language, isn't it? As he began to develop a rule in his life of Christian living, he began to realize he was just making it a big playground where good things began to run wild in his life. So, so powerful. And so over the next four Sundays, what we're going to do is we're going to teach you four areas. Prayer. How to abide in Christ? How to really abide in Christ? Let's talk about this. Is you're going to do this? Not just us, all right? Family. What about your relationships? Now, when I talk about family, we're talking about spheres of influence: your immediate family, your neighborhood, your work colleagues, and etc. Um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Those spheres of influence. I reckon all of us have probably six to seven spheres of influence. Um, different um, groups of people. And then we're going to talk about mission. When we talk about mission, sometimes we relate that just to the church, but it's your work, the place where God has called you to be every day. That's your mission. And then rest, how to find spiritual health. And, and one of the things that we've talked about over the last couple of years, and we've done this and belong in our believing and belonging, is how we can be a prayerful family in mission that's surrendered to the Holy Spirit. So how do we carry our our godliness out of this building into our into our everyday life, into our workplace, into our spiritual health, um, into our families, etc., etc. And the plan is to focus on these areas. We're going to teach for around 15 to 20 minutes, and then give you 10 minutes to think through how. You can apply this in your life and we'll give you handouts in this and how to um, sort of a bit of work or we can do it on your phone or whatever. And at the end of the month, what we do is um, we're going to try and help you design. I hope you can see that. Maybe you need to try and get that a little bigger. But in the middle, it just it talks about loving God. And then we've got the four quadrants, um, the prayer, um, your work, your mission, prayer, rest, prayer, family, um, work, and um, your rest. And, and, and so, and again, I suppose I need to really re-emphasize um, that this is something that needs to be led by the Spirit personally. Don't do this for us. We're trying to do this for you. This is your work, all right? And it shouldn't be something heavy or cumbersome. It should be forced, an unforced rhythm of grace. And so, what we're going to do um, this week Um, I'm going to give you a gentle homework. Now, you can take a photograph of this on the screen, or um, this will go out tomorrow. It's going to go out in an email tomorrow, Um, so you'll get it by email tomorrow. And this is, I was going to say, the first thing you need to do is get a journal. Sorry for the mess of my cupboard, but these are are full journals. (laughs) These are full journals that just happen to be in my cupboard very tidily, as you can see. So the first thing you need to do is get a journal. I've told Lorraine, if anything ever happens to me, these must be burned or else put in a box with me. Nobody must ever read these. These are my scribbles. These are my weird and not so wonderful thoughts and my feelings and my hopes and dreams and my tears and anxieties and all of those. This this cupboard contains all of that. That's why it's a mess. And... um, So get a journal. You need to get a journal. I was keeping Lauren going because she was showing me um, this morning what she was going to do. And I said, Lauren, you're making me feel really bad because your journal is so tidy. Mine's a mess. I start writing at the bottom and then up here and then I'm on this page and this page. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. But I understand them. They're me and they're my life. And so get a journal. Set aside this, this homework this homework that I'm giving you shouldn't take any more than about 30 minutes, 30 minutes to an hour, all right? And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just answer four questions, four questions, all right? Write down what you currently do that helps you connect with God, that nurtures your spirit and fills you with delight. And in that, just consider people, places, and activities. That's the first thing I want you to do. The second thing that I want you to do is to write down what you need to avoid. What in 2022 do you need to avoid? What do you need to limit, or eliminate completely, that pulls you away or distracts you from abiding in Christ? I say to people sometimes that one of the greatest questions you could ask yourself is what What is the thing that you thought about most in the last 30 days? That's not good. <laughs> Usually, that's the thing that needs to be eliminated. What are the challenging non-negotiables? What are the have-tos in this stage of life? So is this a stage where you're caring for an aging parent or parenting a special needs child, or maybe it's an over depending season at work or an illness, parenting little kids, etc, etc. It'd be different for everybody. But what are the non-negotiables? What are the things in your life at the moment that you will have to build around? What are the things that they will have to take prime place and you will build your life around them. We all have those, all right? And as I said, they'll be different for everybody. And probably one of the most important questions is the fourth one. And this is a step back for a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, what are you calling me to focus on this year? Who do I need in my life to help me cultivate this and deepen this in my life? Who are the best people? Who are the people that I need to build around me this, this time, I said in Boxing Day, but that little 1986 book called Balcony People, 72 pages of just truth and power of people in the balcony of your lives that will cheer you on. So, okay, we're done. Just have two more slides, um, but really self-explanatory, all right. Um, Lauren mentioned the reading plan. The reading plan, you got a copy of it coming in. The reading plan basically is... is there's there's something about the word of God that will change your life. You need to know that. Ephesians, Paul writes to the Ephesians about the water of the word. It washes your life. There's just something about it, um, that 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 it's sharp, rather than any two-edged sword. It cuts and it divides, and there's just something very powerful. And I've done four options, all right. I worked at this yesterday. There's four options that um, for reading, all right. You can, If you're feeling really brave, you can do the Old Testament, um, four chapters per day. The problem I'm going to say to you about that is I talk to people so, so often who say, Phil, I started and I failed. I started, I got to March, or I got to Leviticus. <laughs> um, not dead sure which, two, which of the two is the worst. Um, but um, four chapters a day is is a lot of work, all right? It's, it's, it's not about... Twenty minutes to half an hour would do it. But the problem is if you miss a day, you've yet to catch up. Do the mass. you you miss three days, you've twelve. On and on. And then what happens? You've missed your fourth day, and you just think, oh, the pot. I can't really do that. If you wanted to do the Old Testament, just a little over two chapters, a very odd day, you'd have to do three. There's nine hundred and twenty-nine chapters in the Old Testament. The New Testament has got two hundred and sixty chapters. You do that on a weekday. If you just wanted to do five days a week. You would do the New Testament in um, a year, no problem. The one that I think is doable for us all, and I'm going to work really hard, is the one that I've now put in red. The fourth one, the New Testament, Monday to Friday in the reading plan. You do the in the reading plan. You do the New Testament. We're starting tomorrow morning in Luke 1, and I'm going to be online at half seven. And what I'm trying to do, well, let me just talk to you first. Monday to Friday, we do the New Testament, and then Saturday and Sunday, we do the Psalms and Proverbs. And basically, you see what I'm saying? It's one chapter a day, and the very odd day, you'd have to do two. It's 441 chapters. That's really doable. Everyone could do that. And if you did that this year, you could do the Old Testament next year. So in two years, you'd have read through the whole Bible, and maybe been able to take a wee bit of time to think about it rather than just trying to do it as a tick box exercise and remembering nothing you read. So that's what I'm suggesting to you. And that fourth one, I'm going to work really, really hard to help you this year. All right, and I've talked to some of the guys. Not that sure how I can do this every morning, but I'm going to talk about maybe pre-recording some stuff and been on at least the five mornings a week, um, maybe on live on a Monday morning and then pre-recording because I can pre-record them very quickly. Um, We're just trying to work out how to do that, because it'll be uploaded and downloaded, and I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. But um, that's the technical stuff. And so, but we're working, trying to work that out. All I'm saying is I'm going to work really hard to help you in that fourth one. If you wanted to come on the journey, and then next year we could go on the journey of the Old Testament, I'd love that, all right? But um, there we go. You excited about that? Well, four of you are. Good. Good. I think it's going to be a great January, and imagine by the end of January, you're going to fill that quadrant. You're going to fill it. It's going to be yours. This is something that you're going to be able to put in your um, bedroom mirror, in your fridge door. It's going to be yours, and this is something that that you've designed and asked the Holy Spirit to, to build a life rhythm to make you a person that's more like Jesus. Father, pray that bless your word this morning. Thank you for it. Thank you for the rhythms that you've designed for us in your word, that these six practices that are along our wall are something that we see so powerfully displayed in your life. So Father, we just ask you that you would come and help us in this journey together. Um, We ask it in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you. Um, see you tonight if you're free at 6.30, one hour. Um, have communion together. That would be great. But the Lord bless you and have a great day. Have a great week. I know you're probably all heading back to work. So God bless you. Thanks for being online with us today too. And I hope you're blessed wherever you are. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk